Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, mama! Trent Condon. Score! This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. Uh, for the next two hours, talking sports with you. Appreciate you uh, spending some of your uh, morning here with us. Uh, the BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We will be joined at the bottom of the hour with the reporter that broke the story uh, in the Des Moines Register yesterday. Travis Hines will uh, join us uh, about the uh, story that uh, he went public with first, so give him credit where credit is due. Uh, the Register out on Front Street with that one. Uh, we'll get uh, his take on um, what he's reporting reported whether there's going to be anything more um hope you'll share it with us rather than in the Dwayne register but understood i understand certainly if he wants to um you know, could be a little guarded when it comes to that. But uh, Travis Hines will join us first. Mitch Holtis in his normal spot. He's coming up here at 11.50. Look forward to uh, Mitch. Uh, today in the spotlight will be Travis Kelsey, uh, talking about where the tight end fits in the, I guess, hierarchy of tight ends in the league. Anyone that doesn't have him right towards the top is not worth the... Well, they don't write stuff on paper anymore. They put it online. Um, but you get my point. He's he's unbelievable player. And Mitch will join us uh, to talk about Travis Kelsey. We'll leave the first segment of the second hour open. Probably revisit what we're going to talk about here in hour number one. And then, no Cappy today. Cappy's going to be pushed back to tomorrow. Wanted to get Chris Williams in here. He will join us at 1230 uh, to get Chris's take on everything that's transpired yesterday as the clarity started to be placed in front of us in some respects uh the um i guess criminal aspects of it were laid out yesterday there was still another one this morning uh at the university of iowa with the backup place kicker aaron blom who actually bet on cyhawk cashed his ticket didn't didn't kick in the game uh but he bet on the cyhawk game and um he was uh at least made publicly or went the uh, DCI went public with that one or I guess Johnson County went to public with that this morning so I think the criminal aspect of this is starting to wind down I think what we will find out here in days subsequent certainly when it comes to Iowa State um, that these these players that have not uh, seen their name online or talked about yet we'll probably get a little clarity on that once we get to media days on Friday as to whether they are participating at not I'm still under the impression that there is a major cog on the defense of Iowa State that um, is going to um, see the light of day on Friday that probably not going to be able to be a part of uh, 2023 football but we'll see how that plays out once we get to it. So it started May the 2nd. We were in Las Vegas when it, uh, when it happened. I think our information, for the most part, was pretty spot on. Absolutely. Um, we were told that uh, Hunter Decker's parents are, the, are, are involved in this. Mm-hmm. We were also told that Hunter Decker's parents did the, uh, the player perhaps no favors uh, when they uh, told a fib to the DCI, who was originally investigating mm-hmm. it, uh, went as far as to say that... Um, no, no, no. This isn't. This isn't Hunter. We would actually drive to Ames yeah. a couple of times a week mm-hmm. and have dinner with him. And over the course of dinner, you know, we just bet. Yeah, make a couple of make bets. Make a couple of bets. You know, because harmless. Hey, Warden to Ames. It's just a hop in the car. Trent, you're there in ten minutes. Four hours. Oh, four hours. I meant yeah. A couple uh, times a week. Sure. That's what make we that do. eight hour round trip. 
So that uh, I don't know if that's part of the the covering up, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think on one hand the the reason this started to drag a little bit. I could be dead wrong. Again, I got my tinfoil hat out when you were gone. Uh, when Arazarike's name was brought into it, I just mm-hmm. wondered: Are they starting to go further back? Therein lies the reason for the delay. And then we see the news with him yesterday, and he was betting with Iowa State, and he's uh, trying to cover stuff up. So we'll see. I I, I um, did get a kick out of the attorney's statement, Decker's attorney. You can't fire me. I quit (laughs) (laughs) at the end of it. uh, Hunter Deckers is not going to play football uh, in any Power 5 conference ever again. And I'm guessing that the kicker at Iowa, the backup kicker, Aaron Blom, Mm -hmm. who uh, bet on the Seahawk game, and that saw the light of day today, his days at the University of Iowa uh, have come to an end. As far as a student athlete. And we saw a couple of weeks ago that Garrett Christensen, the young man from Urbandale that was on the Iowa baseball team, he was amongst the players that were sitting out. Mm -hmm. He retired from the sport. Mm -hmm. It was pretty easy to connect the dots. And from what I have heard, this is where it all started. Was Garrett Christensen having an account set up under his mom's name. Mm -hmm. And there was something that happened. Either money was deposited in the account and mom didn't know about it. And she thought that perhaps someone was stealing her identity. And that's where the ball got rolling. She got wind of that. Maybe didn't know. Garrick put a a little more money in there. I'm not sure the full details of that. Mm -hmm. But that's what set the wheels in motion of all of this. So that's, uh, that's, I guess, ground zero of this investigation in all likelihood. Yes, that's the way that it's been. How did it get to Iowa State? When they saw that it was a University of Iowa athlete, uh-huh. that's when they I wonder started if this to do is the geofencing. Place, yep, and at the other institutions yes. in the state. And if we're looking at Iowa City, well, we better look in Ames. Mm-hmm. One thing that we have to start this conversation with, though, is the continued, and the national media is getting this wrong, because well, we just heard it in Ronza's update at the top. Hunter Decker's bet on a game. But it's not point-fixing. It's not point shaving. This is not game. That's not still what this can, is. Can I stop you for one second yes. when it comes to that? So my friend, uh, Brian Orilko, is the head of the Iowa Racing and Game Commission, and I have a wonderful relationship with him. I have an awkward relationship with him for the last three months. Yes. Because he can't share with anybody. Mm-hmm. I called him yesterday, and I said, um, is there... I saw you... When, when it first happened, you guys put out the release that there is... No indication of any point shaving, any irregularities when it comes to scores in games. And I said, can you give me anything? And he said, I I can't comment. And I said to him, well, I don't want to. That makes it look like, I mean, you can read that both ways, right? Mm -hmm. But I can't comment because, boy, there's a lot of the bad stuff. And this is about to hit the fan. So I explained that aspect, that side. Yeah, I get that. He said, I'll give you this. We stand by our statement that we originally put out back in early May. I can't comment any further. And, and that statement it. said that there is no indication Correct. of game fixing, yep. of point shaving, right. of players throwing games. Mm-hmm. And that's what they maintain, and that is good news. It is. Yeah, it is. It, it absolutely is. I agree. Because I if agree. you don't have that angle to that, this becomes a much bigger story. That doesn't mean the national media will get it wrong, because they will, and they already mm-hmm, have. Mm-hmm. And watching this over the last 20 hours or so, there's been so many people that have this wrong because they see that part of it. Hunter Deckers did not Didn't play in that game. In the Oklahoma State right, game. Right, didn't play. Aaron Blom. 
did not play right. in the Cyhawk game two years ago. These guys were not a part of it. You're not a part of a game. You can't fix a game. Right. And that's what mm-hmm. we need to remember at the forefront. Looking at these cases, though, Hunter Deckers, 366 wagers, $2,799. He bets like you do. That's an average of $7.64. Mm-hmm. So he's making 5 and $10 bets. Right. That's what he's doing. Yep. And Blonde the same way, by all accounts. I understand the Iowa State angle. Can't bet on your own team. Uh-huh. You can't bet on If you, if you your bet university. on your own team, you're done. You're, yes. you're absolutely, and you should be. And you should be. Right. That, it's the integrity of the sport. Goes right against it. For the rest of them, and this was the concern that I had when I saw the new rules that came out from the NCAA. You can put 100 200 bucks in your account and go well past those thresholds, betting 5 and $10 a game. Mm-hmm. If you're not losing every game, if you're about 500 you can just keep rolling that money over and playing with it and playing with it mm-hmm. for months. Mm-hmm. And when you total all those bets up, all those 5 and $10 wagers, well, yes, it's going to look like a whole lot more than what it is. And it's another one of those things that's eye-pop. Boy, Hunter Decker's bet almost $3,000. Well, not on a single game. Right. It's 5 and $10 a side. Mm-hmm. And I still think the NCAA also needs to look at that. I agree Average with you 100%. size of bet. Or the fact that if you're not betting on your sport mm-hmm. uh, and your season is over, yeah. Shouldn't shouldn't it the you know they be able to bet on the NBA All Star Game in February right. or, or the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. College football is over. If you're over twenty one, you're absolutely. not using a proxy. You're not using your parents' name precisely. Yes, precisely. not using a girlfriend. Yep, not using their account, mm-hmm. or their money, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's something that still I believe needs to be revisited because it is eye opening. If you don't, if you haven't been following this story for the last three months like we have, and all of a sudden you see that, and wow. It's a lot of money. It's yeah. not. It's in total uh-huh. over 366 bets. The biggest one was Johnson, the wrestler from Iowa State. His average, grand. And his average was about still less than $50 a bet mm-hmm. when you average all those up. I mean, that's the big time we're talking about here. $50 a bet. It's not real big. No, uh, it, it's not. And I don't know. Was was he betting on Iowa State sporting events? Yes. So he's done. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, we didn't know when we didn't know when we were going to find out. Uh, kind of got wind that there's going to be some clarity prior to camp starting. I don't know if this caught Iowa State off guard that Deckers was betting on Iowa State games or not. Um, From what I've heard, yes, it that caught them of off it, guard. Yes, that that was part of it. That they did not they did not think that this was going to be a part. Do of you it. think that there are um, national media who are jumping on airplanes to get to Iowa State in advance of Friday's media day? Would oh, you I'd be yes. surprised? I mean, you kind of look at the national media, and all of a sudden, we're going to see what, like, uh, oh, a Pat Forty? Yeah, there's there's a good one, right? From 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 sport, sports Adam Rittenberg. Yeah, those types. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a whole lot more of those. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. Yeah, I would think that they're going to be here because this is going to be a well well watched event, mm-hmm. and what's also going to be watched on Friday is the other players that we know are part of this. Um, they're not going to be on the field in all likelihood, and then they'll be able to connect some dots, and um, there'll be a little bit of clarity there. So it's um, in it's in, it was we just waited right, and yesterday we found out just how bad it was. So I was um, somewhat relieved about the point shaving because I thought, oh my god, 
the IRGC was asleep at the wheel here. Mm-hmm. Right. How did this get past um, the gatekeepers, mm-hmm. if you will? Um, and that U.S. integrity, who's also, people pay big money for that service. It's a national service. Uh, and the state of Iowa pays them. How did they not catch this? Well, apparently there was nothing to catch as far as the point shaving goes. The most concerning aspect out of the names that we've heard at this point, because he played in the games, is Eni Wazareke. You know what, Trent? This this is the um, the biggest buffoon of them all. Mm-hmm. Hunter Deckers was probably not going to have a pro career, right? Right. Um, Awazariki had made it. Yes, he had. He had made it, mm-hmm. and he's thrown it all away. Yep, thrown it all away for what? For what? I'd never. Have you ever seen amounts from Wazareke? I did not. I think so. Yeah, I, okay. I believe I have. I saw that he bet on five Broncos games last year, and he was also betting player props for the Broncos. Okay, that one too. Yeah, I mean that's that's mm-hmm. some shaky ground. No, you're you're, he, you're, you're right. getting deep into it yep. then. And those games, I don't because he he struggled early last year. Did he? Yeah, he got going late in the year. In fact, they were counting on him. That's an area of need uh, in Denver is the defensive line. He was going to play this year. Or certainly he'd be given an opportunity to prove that he does belong. Was he a third or a fourth round pick? I think a fourth, fourth round pick. Fourth round pick. So he was going to have a chance to take that proverbial step this year uh, towards his second contract in the NFL. And now, I mean, you've thrown away everything. Thrown away everything. For what? For what? To cash a ticket? To cash a bet? To make 50 bucks? Mm-hmm. To pump your chest out? That I mean, good God. Uh, it's unbelievable. I get it. It's hypocritical. I mean, I was pointed out, I was reading some of Doc's stuff today, and right in the middle of a Doc, one of Doc's people, at MGM. <laughs> right? yeah. We're involved with it. Yes. Right? Circa's our primary sponsor. It's everywhere, but you can't do it. You can't do it. Um, be naive to think that it just is just a, a state of Iowa problem, too. We know, it's, and that was the part of the press release from Hunter Decker's lawyer. Who, by the way, the, the original one that he put out there, what a, what, how does this guy have his law license? Did you read the statement? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's okay to do, and everybody shares passwords, and uh-huh. he's going to plead not guilty, but... This is not sharing your Netflix password with your kid when he goes off to college. Right, so he just admitted they were you know, they were boring passwords. Yes. He's going to plead not guilty. But again, the very last... Um, you can't fire me, I quit. He's going to yeah. walk away to um, to concentrate. Well, you said his days as a Power 5 quarterback are over. His days as an NCAA quarterback Yeah, for over. sure. He's going to end up where? NAIA. Something. He'll Morningside. Have to go to Morningside. Yeah. yeah. I mean, North uh, Northwestern mm-hmm. is in a college up there. Remember with a, a school we found about? Grandview. No. Well, maybe there. Maybe mm-hmm. Grandview. What was the one we found out last year? We had, we, you and I. Dort. Dort, yes. Do you remember Dort? Was that last year or two years ago? A couple of years ago, yeah. We'd we never heard of Dort. And all of a sudden, everybody was calling in with Dort stories right. from in Northwest Iowa. Uh, I did hear that this uh, oh, this was a month or two ago. Dort told uh, the Deckers family no thanks when he oh, was looking, right? around, looking yeah. around for an NAIA. Yeah. They and one of the two, either them or Northwestern, felt like they already had a better quarterback on the roster. Is that Whoa. right? Now, again, these are definitely third and fourth hand stories that I'm getting. Sure. But well, I can give you first hand stories. Go to Cyclone Fanatic. They think that they're they, they think the worst quarterback just walked out the door. They're good. What? Yes, Rocco Beck's a player, Trent. Oh, in Iowa State, the backup quarterback yes. is better. I've never heard that Honest fan base say that before. That's the same fan base that said enjoy Hunter Deckers because it's going to the SEC this right. year. Same fan base. Uh-huh. Um, 
They love their players. I get it. More power to them. It moves our needle. Good for you. Nothing like it. But um, we'll see. I mean, what does this do to the season? Is Rocco Beck ready? And if he's not, is J.J. Cole ready? You saw him play how many times, Cole? In his career? Yeah. A dozen? A dozen times. I saw him play once on TV at the Southeast Bowl. That was the best game of his career. He looked great. Yeah. He looked great. I saw him plenty others where he did not look great. Right. I'm not sure. And this was this is not Hawkeye Condon. Mm-hmm. This is somebody well before he was committed to Iowa State. And I saw him, and I saw the release, and I saw the speed of the game. And yes, Ankeny had a ton of talent. And they out-talented a lot of play- teams. But I saw him struggle many times. He doesn't move around real well. He is a pocket quarterback at six foot six, a long, slow delivery. He's got a cannon. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But getting that ball out, I don't think he's ready. Mm. Seeing quarterbacks that make that jump, you say, yeah, that kid could come in, and, and if need be, he could play as a freshman. I never believe that with J.J. Cole. This is Rocco Breck's team. And yeah. the Juco that they brought in, you got a package for him. Yeah. Absolutely. I think mm-hmm. that's the direction you go. But if you're, if you're just looking at the star rating, the four-star, and there's a reason he got a four-star, because he is a talented kid. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe that he is going to be ready to go this early in his career. Played against TCU in mop-up duty in the final game of the year. I think that was about... I, I, that's all I remember him. There was another time, maybe late in the game, that was there. In, but yeah, that that was basically it for him. And they were getting blown out in the football game last year. And I'm not sure how close attention I paid. That was the only time they got blown out last year was in mm-hmm. uh, in the finale. But uh, yeah, I mean, we we had heard that there was going to be some opportunities for uh, Hughes. Right? Is it Tanner Hughes? The yeah, Juco you, Tanner yeah. Hughes? Um, that there was going to be some packages. All of a sudden now. He uh, gets a little closer to that starting role. Also, uh, Beck played against Ohio. Did he last year? Over two and had a rush for two yards. And what did he do against TC? Was it he had? A, well, he didn't throw a ton of passes, but the completion was above fifty percent of memory. Serves. Seven of 13, 65 yards and an interception in the loss to the Horn Frogs at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. That's what you have. So, what lies ahead? What do we make of this? Tanner Hughes, All right? We got to find a way to make him. Our short yardage guy. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had success mm-hmm. with those kind of packages. Yep. You're going to have to win games like you lost them last year. It's going to be a lot of 13 tens, 17 12. Small margin for error. 2017 wins. If you're going to, you have to win those coin flip games. And that means the special teams coordinator took yep. a long time. Good point. But closing those margins. Yep. What are they? Winning in, in the, the margin. Dark. Winning in the. In and there's the margins? something with the margins too. Yeah, those margins, they need to be tightened up big time. If uh-huh. they're going to win games, if they're going to get to bowl eligibility. With this defense, I still think that they can, but it is winning those close games. And there's so, not going to be many putting up 35, 38, 41 points in a game. Let me ask this part of it. The, the names that we know, uh, there is a one of them has been there forever um, in, in the program. What the, the t- would teammates have known what was going on inside their facility? Would would, De- would Deckers have shared this with anybody? Would the sixth year senior have shared this with? Should should somebody in the program have known? And if so, if so, if so, should they have moved up the ladder? Should Campbell have known? I can't get there. Okay, I'm not. I'm not accusing. I'm just asking yeah, the question. And I think it's should a fair have, one. Should he have known? I don't think so. Because there's five. Apparently there's a walk-on as well. Um, Maybe six are involved. There's got to be more than six guys on the roster that are aware of what their teammates are doing, right? And 
And it goes back this, and well, it was Enrique's year too. Think of this. Think of it this way. All right. I, and this just kind of jumped into my mind. Hanging out in college, had a bunch of roommates. You're not going by, you're not hanging out by yourself. Right. Did I know everything that my roommates were doing? No. Now, we all gambled. But I never did any sniffy sniff stuff. I might have mm-hmm. had a puff a time or two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that other stuff. Yep. Marching powder. Yeah. I never saw them do it. Mm-hmm. But I had an indication. Mm-hmm. But what would you do with that information? I don't know. That's just my question. Do, do you, you go do to your coach and say, hey, I think... Well, if I know that I signed, I signed a uh, uh, when, when I when I accepted my scholarship, I was made very aware that you can't gamble on 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 sports. I don't know. Would you be considered a rat if you do that? Kind of. But if you're sitting around in a room and, and all of a sudden one of them pulls out their phone and you know what I I like this in game betting. There's no way that the, this team's coming back. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Right. And they place their five dollar. But but that's the thing too. Oh, it's five. You justify it very quickly. You justify your buddy that puts a little something up his nose. Eh, he does it you know, once a month. He, he does it just you know, during the summer a couple of times. You justify it in your mind. And I'm going to guess the same. Who cares? He's putting five bucks down in a game. He's got this stupid 20-team parlay. He does it every single week. He doesn't ever hit it. Right. But what is it hurting? It isn't hurting anybody. It's five bucks. And you justify it. I'm not going to go to my coach. I'm not going to go to Matt Campbell or our position coach. And I'm going to say, you know what? Hunters is putting down these parlays, and we know it's illegal. He's putting mm-hmm. five bucks down. You're not going to go to your coach and say that, I don't think. And Hunter Decker's your starting quarterback. You know he's going to get in trouble. You want to win football games. Mm. Well, am I going to get my quarterback in trouble by going to the coaches and telling, hey, they're doing something illegal here? Yeah. You don't want to do that either. You want to win football games. Who is the Who are the captains on last year's team? Can we find that out? Probably, yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious to know. I don't know if Deckers was named a captain or not. Because there's some, there's some uh, guys with some uh, tenure at Iowa State on this roster that names are associated with this. Names for captains. Here we go. The four okay. captains for 2022. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson, yep. Ryan Vance, mm-hmm. Anthony Johnson, and Trevor Downing. Okay, not, well... Um, so much for that. They were all seniors. Yep, all gone. So no underclassmen amongst mm-hmm. them, but yeah, all those guys are also gone. Do you go to one of your captains? No. I. Same thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just because when I was playing high school sports, I was competitive. I don't think, I'm not saying, I don't think I would have ratted them on no. either. I mean, I, I knew plenty of players that were drinking in season and doing things like that and going to parties. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go and tell sure. my coaches. And right. maybe it would have given me an opportunity to play a little bit more. And I still wasn't going to do that. No, you don't do that. Yeah. I. It would take a different kind of person to do things like that. And you know the insular nature of college athletics. But what was, well, let, me, let, let me rephrase it. Let me put it this way. And I don't know if this is the case. Decker's hit for five grand. Right. He hit one of those. He parties. had a 20 gamer, Trent. <laughs> well, that's going to get around the locker Don't room, you right? Think? Yeah, the offensive lineman. Hey, he's taking us out for wins. Absolutely. We're getting stakes. Come Decker's on finally along. hit Decker's one of those hit. stupid things. Right? 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 And then it starts to spread. Well, and then if something like that happens, that would eventually, you'd think, trickle to the coaches, right? Mm-hmm. That somebody, mm-hmm. and maybe not even coaches, a staff member. Think of how big a those team captain. Stand. Yes. That it gets to that direction. And why is Deckers all of a sudden into all this money? Why is he taking every, all the offensive linemen out for stakes this week? There's right. wide receivers out yeah. you know, for a night out on the town. Oh, didn't you hear? Oh. He had a 10-teamer. Oh. <laughs> we, we 
can't do that, though. <laughs> right? You can't do that, though. And that's what it continues to come back to. This is so many layers, so many questions, yep. and, and it's going to continue here in the days to come. And Iowa's not the only state that this is happening no. in. We just have DCI that was at the forefront. Mm-hmm. We told you back what, months ago that they had the technology. One of the first states that had this geofencing technology. Could tell where the place where the bet was actually the bets placed. were made. And they mm-hmm. saw a lot of activity around athletic offices. Mm-hmm. And that's where the investigation went a step further. Mm. Interesting. All right, Travis Hines is coming up in about five minutes. Look, uh, look forward to speaking with Travis. Uh, to his credit, he was the one that uh, broke this story. Good for him. Well done. Uh, so we'll talk to Travis Hines about that. Mitch Holtis is going to join us at 10 minutes before uh, noon. Uh, Travis Kelsey is in the spotlight today. We'll come back and readdress this topic and maybe get into some of the other sports that we've neglected to uh, talk about uh, in the first segment of the show. That We'll do that at 12.05 before Chris Williams opines uh, as to how he sees this. I do believe that the criminality uh, aspect of this, at least at Iowa State, is over. Well, we saw Blom today. Yeah. If there's going to be any more, you would think in the next day or two mm-hmm. that the criminal side of it is going I to be I was also told yesterday to expect a release from the DCI today or tomorrow. Okay. That the DCI is going to put out a release. Now, what that entails, will mm-hmm. they name names that are caught up in I have no idea. Will it be release- retract- redacted? No idea. Yeah. No idea. But uh, look for the DCI to release something. Uh, IRGC is not. Uh, DCI is uh, is going to be the one that does that, when if and when they do, but I've been told to watch for it. Uh, more uh, wagering news. This comes from John Stepp of the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Former Hawkeye men's basketball guard Aaron Eulis placed approximately 1,850 Jesus. sports wagers, including at least one on an Iowa sporting event, according to a new court document transferred to Nebraska. And we found out, what, just yesterday, Trent, they're on it, their foreign tour. I've got it in my notes from Sunday, and I didn't bring it up. Aaron Hoiberg was asked why Eulis didn't play on that foreign mm-hmm. tour on Sunday and says he's dealing with something. There it is. There's what he was dealing with. Huh. 1,850 sports wagers, including one on an Iowa sporting event. So what does that mean for him? He's done. His collegiate career is over. Right. Yeah. Mm. Boy, oh boy. So the, so the Iowa stuff is starting to it's trickle, it's trickling out. out. I think yep. Iowa State stuff. Do you think it's over? I do. I don't think it's over as far as there's still going to be other names. Right. And there's going to be suspensions. Right. And it might be a game or two. But as we just saw with Deckers, but I'm not that sh- was over $800 combined. That's right. That's true. So we're probably talking about four games, I would guess, for most. To stay even under $800, I mean, that's making like $2 wagers yeah. if you're betting a bunch. Mm-hmm. Travis Hines next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Flash free. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you up until uh, until 1 o'clock. Travis Hines from the Des Moines Register. By the way, what did you say in the spot block? We were we let off with a bet Fred. We had a bet Fred. We had a Circa for the Survivor and Circa Millions contest and a bet 365 in there. <laughs> uh, Travis Hines uh, from the Des Moines Register. He broke the story yesterday at the Des Moines Register and has added to it uh, subsequent to that. Uh, Travis, well done. Good reporting, Travis Hines. How are you? I'm doing really well, and certainly uh, my colleague Randy Peterson had a lot to do with it—a wild team effort to, uh, you know, to try to give as much information to people that I think have been starved for it for the last 
three months as, as we could. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of speculation and, and wondered if it was going to happen this week. Was that your impression at some point in the last week that you guys expected to hear something prior to this week? I mean, prior to Friday? Yeah, I mean, we definitely did not have any official indication, but I think the feeling that we had always gotten was that the DCI and you know anyone involved in the investigation is well aware of when football season starts mm-hmm. and that so if this drug into football season, the public pressure or frustration with it would only grow. And, you know, I, I would imagine they took their time and did what they needed to do independent of, you know, whatever college football timeline there is. But I, I think it would be uh, – I think they were well aware of the public nature of this investigation and no and knew sooner would be better than later do you were able to do it do you get the impression travis that the the criminality aspect at least at iowa state we're still starting to i mean aaron ulis's name just came up uh aaron blom the uh, the backup place kicker came out this morning do you get the sense that the uh the criminality aspect of it when it comes to iowa state student athletes uh that's all been laid out there for the public to consume or or might there be more criminal aspects of this case that still have been yet to report it yeah you know i wouldn't want to speculate on that just because i don't know i mean we've reached out to the story county attorney we've reached out to the dci hoping to get you know some clarity about where the investigation or where if there might be further complaints that are are charged but i think when you look at you know that these essentially were batched on the same day i think you know that that could be an indication of this is the extent of it or it could be that there could be a charge filed in another county. There could be further investigation going on. So, you know, I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm about this being the end, but I think, you know, if there were speculation about that, I don't know that it's out of the realm of possibility that this could gotcha. be it. But given how opaque the investigation understandably is, I don't know that I would quite jump there yet. Question uh, that remains for me is this comes down from Story County and Johnson County on the other side. Does that mean that we should believe that the DCI investigation is completed, that it is finished, and we are going to see that go out? Is that kind of a fair way to kind of map this out? I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to speak for the DCI. You know, every time we've talked to them, you know, the extent of information we've gotten is that it's an ongoing investigation. Uh And I know we've reached out again to see, does it remain an ongoing investigation? Um, and until we hear from them, I wouldn't want to you know, guess as whether that was an, an open and shut investigation or if there are still threads that they're pursuing. I think, you know, when you look at these criminal complaints and they're going through accounts that they claim are in one name but being controlled by another person and going through each and every bet, the dollar amount, I would imagine that is a pretty painstaking work um, and takes some time. So. You know, who knows what other threads they ultimately, you know, followed here. I mean, when you get any Uazarike yeah. pulled into this as a somebody who wasn't on the team in 2022, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, they uh, they went in a number of different directions with their investigation. Yeah, and I think that has a, a whole lot to do with why it took as long as it did, because I do believe that they went back. Travis, I, I keep going back to the piece. I don't know, it's probably a month old uh, that you wrote for the Register. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a lengthy piece. You talked to the professor at Drake, Keith Miller, um, I, I believe he's quoted in the piece, but one of this, one of the separate uh, portions, I guess, paragraphs of the of your uh, of your piece was was proxy betting, um, and, and it seemed to me as I read it that you had a sense 
that that may be where this investigation is going and may end up turning out to be worse for others because that um, because of there was involvement from you know family members or somebody else. Uh, did you have an inkling at that time when you wrote that paragraph that um, that that's that that's what the DCI was looking into? You know, as we reported it since May, I think we did a lot of mapping out of what the possibilities could be. And I think the more you talk to people, the more you got the sense that this was about underage gambling. It wasn't necessarily going to be something that the DCI was really going to be robust about going after individual betters. But if there were you know, mitigating factors at play, such as the proxy betting, um, such as potentially, you know, betting on your own team or on your own school, that, that that's where the calculus probably changes for the DCI. And again, I don't want to speak for them, but this is talking to attorneys. That was the feeling that you got. And obviously with, with underage betting, one of the ways that would be pretty obvious to try to attempt that would be through the proxy betting. So I thought it was, you know, probably important to ask about that and mm-hmm. to explain to, to readers, you know, this is where, while you know underage betting is probably looked at as a pretty minor offense, you know both in the criminal code and the court of public opinion, that once you get into these other aspects of executing that, it might you know draw a little bit more attention from investigators and from county attorneys. Proxy betting—that is a big no-no here Near in the state of state. Iowa. Yep. That is something that has uh, certainly been frowned upon very, very strictly uh, throughout the years of wagering in the state. We're talking with Travis, Travis Hines from the Des Moines Register. He broke the story. So, Story County, you see the release. I talked to Randy Peterson a couple of weeks ago. He was in here. I think you guys are recording a Cyclone Insider and uh, just talked to him for a minute. And Petey said, every day, part of your guys' routine was to open up Courts Online and to scour through <laughs> yeah. and see if there was anybody for Iowa State. Was it a daily occurrence? Was it something that you guys each did every day? Was it a couple of times a day? Take us through kind of that aspect of your day-to-day grind. You're writing stories, but having to open up the uh, cr- criminal investigation page and see, uh, is there any names that we know in here? Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly the most uh, glamorous work, but <laughs> usually that, that's what leads to the, the best information and yeah. you know, really trying, you know, I've been doing this now for like 14 or 15 years. I've gotten very well acquainted with Iowa Courts Online and and how to navigate it. And, you know, certainly that was a big part of our reporting because a big part of this too, you know, we knew at the time, you know, what the rumors were circulating, what the speculation was. And obviously we heard much the same thing, but when you get into a situation like this, that's A, as a serious, I think B, as nuanced in that there are so many different ways that this could be looked at by authorities, you know, from the DCI to the NCAA, that it was really important, you know, that we got something on paper that really spelled it out. And that obviously these criminal complaints is the first uh, instance that we've had of that publicly. And, you know, that was what we thought was ultimately going to be the best way for us to, to report on the story. And that's why, you know, we you know did our you know, best to do our due diligence to get what ultimately was going to be a public document, you know, written for the, the court, you know, by a uh, official authority. You know, and, and to that end, Travis, it seems like early in the investigation, at least uh, there was a period of time, um, the Decker's mom was listed on Iowa Courts Online. Do you remember that? And was that did that turn out to be connected to the investigation? Um, I think there were a number of... I'm trying to think of how to say this. I, I'm not entirely sure how the... Uh, situation unfolded but other than you know Decker's parents were named in his criminal complaint but were not charged with any crime and I think in the attorney's 
in uh, Hunter Decker's attorney's statement, it's mentioned that a search warrant was served at his parents' house. Um, you know, usually search warrants, my understanding, are sealed until an investigation is either complete or charges are, are filed, and I have not seen any search warrants uh, for anyone yet. Um, so I guess the, what I'm saying is what we know is is that they were named in the criminal complaint but not charged, and Decker's attorney said that a search warrant was served at their home in northwest Iowa. Maybe the most concerning part of this is because it's a guy that played in a bunch of games that he bet on, and that's Wazirike. And also with the Denver Broncos, the same thing there. I'll fill us in on a few of those details, and I didn't see it. I don't believe in, in the article. Did he bet on Iowa State to win all of the games that he put placed wagers on for the Cyclones? So, yeah, I mean, I think the, the Deckers angle of this story is certainly the biggest, you know, immediate story for us locally, you know, with him being the returning starting quarterback. But I think when you look at the the actual details of what we've seen in all these criminal complaints, you know, any Uazariquez, that the list of allegations of, against him are the most uh, lengthy and maybe the most concerning in terms of an integrity standpoint. Mm-hmm. He bet on two, according to the DCI, the allegations are, that he bet on two games while he was at Iowa State, and then a number of games for the while he was a member of the Broncos uh, on Broncos contests, and presumably on prop bets on some of his teammates. And that that gets into some pretty you know mm. hairy situation, I would imagine, and that lead, led to his indefinite suspension with the Broncos. Uh, the criminal complaint did not say what the actual bets were; they just said what the games were and the number and dollar amounts involved, I believe. So we don't know what he bet, but certainly when you're talking about, you know, when he was at Iowa State, one of their most critical defensive players to betting on games that you're participating in, you know, that's different than the backup quarterback. That's different than a backup offensive lineman. And then, you know, obviously the NFL does not mess around with their players betting on any NFL games, you know, let alone on their own team. Yeah, I, I, I hate to say it because it sure looks like his uh, football days are over uh, as a pro. We, we, we'll see. Travis, so what do you expect to happen um, Friday as, as, you're, as the media will be up in, uh, in Ames for Iowa State Media Day? There's still, we still don't know about what's, uh, what's going to be, uh, I guess, the uh, level of punishment for the other players who are rumored to be caught up in this. Um, do you expect that, it, that Iowa State will put out a release, or do you think that they just let it, you know, let you guys, once Campbell does his talk and you go out onto the field to start uh, talking to players and you're looking around for player X and when you can't find him, I wonder what's going on with player X, and then you go and ask the coach, et cetera. How do you think they'll handle it? It's a great question. Uh, we've asked, and at this point, you know, we haven't seen a press release or anything affecting uh to the effect of who will be available to speak with us on Friday. But obviously, you know, given this situation, if players who are, you know, were starters last year or were expected to be contributors this year are not made available, it's not going to take long for people right. to connect those dots. So it'll be interesting to see how Iowa State ultimately wants to handle it because you're right in that even if this is the extent of the legal uh, ramifications or complaints that we see, that does not necessarily mean that these are the only players facing right. NCAA punishment because, you know, essentially while the players caught up in the legal situation have the presumption of innocence in the court of law, with the NCAA, the way that they do their investigations and meter out punishment, it's almost that you're presumed guilty and you have to prove your innocence. Um, so it'll be even the guys, you know, if they were 
players that were caught up in the probe that maybe were not charged but were still found to have been betting, even if it wasn't on Iowa State or on college football, the NCAA in Iowa State is going to have questions because that is obviously an NCAA violation. Now, if it was small dollar amounts, could ultimately not even lead to suspensions. If it was you know, under $2,000, you're probably talking minimal suspensions. And if it's over that, uh, potentially lengthier suspensions for anyone found to have been doing that. But we, all we know at this point is that it, uh, we, I would expect that there were more than three books that were being looked at yeah. for this, but we'll, we'll have to see, and certainly we don't know yet. Travis Hines, DesMoinsRegister.com. Well done by you and your colleague Randy Peterson breaking this story uh, yesterday, Travis. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on uh, with Trent and I here this morning. Thank you, Travis Hines. Of course. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. Travis Hines, DesMoinsRegister.com is uh, with, with the latest on the continuing, I guess, saga, yeah. to, at least until Friday when it comes uh, when it comes to Ames. And that's probably how they're going to do it, right? They're going to let the uh, media be the ones that... Um, you guys figured out. <laughs> right. Uh, Wazarika, yeah, I did find the number that we uh, talked about earlier. $21,361 on 801 bets. So he's betting, uh, you know, about 20 bucks a game. Mm-hmm. It adds up quickly. It does. I just looked at my DraftKings account. Yeah, how many? I am a $10 player. Yeah. I'm upfront about that. Yep. I'm happy and with it. You have been since the jump. Yep. And I even as things have gone well or gone poorly, I, that's just what my unit is. I don't want to worry about my mortgage or anything like that. I just have fun with it. This year alone. You call it your gambling, your entertainment tax. It's my entertainment tax. This year alone, betting $10 a time, I have wagered over $15,000. I have wagered a total of $15,530. I have won $15,949 this year. I've won $418. <laughs> you can also look lifetime on DraftKings. And that's this is one my of favorite the multiple part. apps. I've, uh, yeah, and Circa's a little bit more on there, too. Uh, $43,000 that I bet uh, a total since DraftKings opened. I have bet over $43,000. Yeah. I have won $24.47. Isn't that wild? <laughs> Good stuff. All right, we will uh, take a time out. Mitch Holtis, we'll get back to the gambling store. If you have uh, questions, comments, uh, we'll, we'll take your calls to lead off hour number two if mm-hmm. you're so inclined. Uh, and then Chris Williams. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Sports Station 106.3 KXNO, our daily Chiefs training camp reports brought to us by Papa John's in Central Iowa, the Donaldson family uh, at the helm over there. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, is with us. We're going to hear about Travis Kelsey coming up, but before that, how are you, Mitch Holtis? Ken, doing well. Um, back in pads today, two hour and 25 minute practice, uh, some ominous clouds, but we got the uh, practice in and this team just continues to uh, move along how many uh days a week are they in pads well it kind of gets it's it's hard to answer that because it's uh ramps up it's like yeah well no it goes three on and then they'll and the way coach does it i told you he uses his 18th century military training farclick method is what it's (laughs) called but um uh, so generally there'll be three on and then a lighter day uh, and then back to it again. So it's basically 
and it's hard to say, but usually three on one shells and a day off, and then they come back and hit it hard. But this is kind of dog days. They'll get after it here not only today, but then tomorrow and through the weekend. You know, one interesting aspect is uh, you guys, well, have to wait almost the longest of anybody to get that first preseason game in. And something you mentioned to me, Mitch, right before we came on the air, you guys have a, a long wait, not only that, but also kind of a tight window coming off the Super Bowl and what you guys have here. Just an interesting preseason schedule, and that means you guys are going to be hitting each other a whole lot here during mm. training camp But finally, before you get to see another helmet. Yeah, it's a bit odd with the calendar now. I think we have either the shortest, second shortest uh, offseason of any NFL team, and then we hosted the draft, which you think will have mm. what did that? Well, that affected most of our guys because they were involved in that, uh, of our veterans anyway. So it's been an active offseason. And then we start the entire NFL schedule on that first Thursday night on September the 7th against Detroit. Although, as you've alluded to, we don't play our first preseason game until – uh, a week from Sunday uh, when we go to New Orleans. So it's just, it's kind of a weird schedule. Uh, but then once we play New Orleans, we'll play a Saturday on the road at Arizona. Then we'll play uh, a Saturday at home against Cleveland. And then there's that week off when they everybody tries to get their 53-man roster together. Mm-hmm. And then we have that short week going in to open the season. So, yeah, it's very, it's different kind of schedule, but that's okay. Well, let's get into uh, to, to Travis Kelsey, and uh, whenever that season, whenever the seventh of uh, no, of September rolls around, you're going to have <laughs> arguably the best tight end in football. I love these conversations, you know, uh, you know what, who's best, who's the better than this guy, blah blah blah. Uh, but any conversation uh, has to include Travis Kelsey. This gets sensitive for your audience because uh, one, if they're longtime Chiefs fans, I've encountered this, and I love Tony Gonzalez. I called every one of his plays mm-hmm. as a Chief. Uh, and he's got 17,000, you know, gazillion yards. George Kittle, of course, Iowa Hawkeye. Can we just stop, though, with all of that? Nobody has done what Travis Kelsey has done, and in many ways, it's not even close. If you look at just seven straight 1,000-yard seasons, but many of those 1,000-yard seasons well north of 1,000 yards. I mean, last year, uh, big time. 12 touchdowns, second in the league last year to Justin Jefferson. Receptions for first downs, second in the league to Justin Jefferson. Sorry, touchdowns, Devontae Adams was number one, Kelsey's two. Receptions for first downs, number one, Justin Jefferson, number two, Kelsey. Here's your stats that will blow you away with them. Postseason, postseason, all-time, NFL history, receptions, number one, Jerry Rice, two, Travis Kelsey. Yards, receiving yards, number one, Jerry Rice, two, Travis Kelsey. Receiving touchdowns in the postseason, number one, Jerry Rice, number two, Travis Kelsey. 100-yard receiving games, number one, Jerry Rice, number two, Travis Kelsey. We're not, especially in the postseason, he's changing the game. We're not calling them pass catchers, not just tight ends or wide receivers, because Kelsey's gone up the charts. But to Trent's point, Kelsey's reinventing himself. Nobody worked as hard as that dude uh, in the offseason. You know it's red light, red light, nope, green light. It's go time. We know. We know. Uh, you know, the past is the past. At this point, we're gonna. We got our eyes set on this year, and it's. Uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. You know, when you. Uh, you go out and you get one. There's a lot of energy, just to be around the guys again. And with that being said, I think uh, Coach Reed and, you know, the. Uh, the front office, everybody in, in, that's been involved with this organization over the past couple of years, has kind of set the tone on. You know the work ethic that we that we show, and from day one, and uh, day one's already started. So we're uh, so we're on the grind to get this thing again. 
And in postseason games, he's twelve and six. Jerry Rice was ten and eight. <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's I, we've undervalued yeah. in the NFL annals what Travis Kelsey has done. And then you look at his warhorse uh, capabilities. Since Mahomes has been the starting quarterback, counting the playoffs, Travis Kelsey has played five thousand five hundred and fifty three snaps. It's it's there's nobody that even gets close to these numbers. As a tight end, not Gronk, not Kittle, not Shannon Sharp, not Gonzalez, none of those guys, especially when you look at what he's done with regular season and postseason. And that's a pretty good list you just reeled off as well. And oh, by the way, he's a pretty good stick as we found out in Las Vegas, right? He plays a hell of a game of golf. Oh, what guy? What and he's kid? a great comedian. Isn't that the best Saturday Night Live? Oh. It was like the old Saturday Night Live. And that, I mean, that's, that show has really suffered from poor writing, I think, but that. <laughs> When I watched the Kelsey episode, it was yeah. like, hey, this is like the good old days. And the podcast he does with his brother, that yeah. that joke they told uh, last week just was the Doug Peters. I mean, that's a, that's a classic. That was really, really good. Uh, they're terrific. What is his future? After his playing days are over, he is so talented in so many different aspects, and he can do most anything. He'll have a ton of money, obviously, when he does it. What do you think is the end game for him? Is it in a booth somewhere? Is it on a pregame? Does he have interest in doing that? And Or maybe just... I hang out, do the podcast with my brother the rest of the way. What do you think is next after his playing days are over? He's the rare combination, you guys, of he can be in sports. Yes, to answer your question, he'll be on some studio show, uh, and he'll be so popular. And, you know, he's a handsome guy, and um, everybody loves him, right? And then, But he also has the ability to entertain. So you could see him hosting um, – I don't know what we'll be doing in five to six years. Like America's got Iowa talent and he's hosting it, but he'll do that. I mean, the world's at this dude's feet yeah. uh, and he's done it. Uh, you know, he's done it the right way all the way through. And, and yes, the podcast and there'll be something else, but he's, he's just an incredible dude uh, and uh, super talented way beyond football, but it's just his productivity on the football field that gets me because of like, are you, is anybody looking at this? Because if they are, it's one of the more amazing current stories in the NFL. Uh, he's an amazing dude, amazing families. The Donaldson family—they do great work here in sure. Central Iowa. Yep, they got new. They got these new, improved boneless wings too. You guys gave me at eleven fifty-five, and I'm just like, okay, when is this segment done? Because I'm going to like <laughs> run to Ankeny. And by the way, I ran into some fans from Ankeny that uh, just love this segment. Keenan Griggs, Chris Coon. Cassie Griggs. I wrote nice. their names down. Nice. Um, and, and there's some others that go, hey, you're going to talk about us tomorrow. So well, there's another group I met today uh, from, uh, I believe, Johnson or Urbandale. I think Urbandale. And I'll mention them tomorrow. But there's fans flocking here every day from your listening area. Love it, love it, love it. Mitch, who, uh, who are we talking mm-hmm. about tomorrow other than the fans from local fans? Well, the, you know, the other face on the current Mount Rushmore, the Chiefs, would be Chris Jones. He's not here. Ah, indeed. So, but Nick Bolton has been an emerging star. We'll get into how his role's grown even more so, uh, and uh, we'll get into Nick tomorrow. Good stuff. Enjoy your lunch. Thank you, Mitch Holtis. Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Hour two next, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.